G'day, everybody. Welcome to the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast, brought to you by GCH, Grampians Community Health. My name is Gareth Oliver. Thanks for being part of this episode with me. And I'll do a bit of a wrap-up of the three minisodes we did for Homelessness Week. If you missed those episodes, it's okay. I've got them all here in one spot. So I spoke to staff from the Salvation Army in Horsham, uh, uniting up in Horsham and also from here at GCH about what their roles are and around how homelessness is looking in our parts of the world. So, uh, yeah, like I said, if you missed it, you can get it all here in the one spot. And I hope that uh, it's a bit enlightening for, for you all. And Homelessness Week was a big success as well for, for us at GCH. Uh, and let's hope that it's raised some awareness about the situation for people who are living rough or without homes across the region. Anyway, here's my chat. I'll start off, first of all, with the Salvos from Horsham on the Community is a Middle Name podcast, brought to you by Grandpa's Community Health. For you, your family, our community. I'm joined by Erin and Felicia, and they are from the Selvos in Horsham. Thank you very much for your time, guys. And Felicia, I know you're very excited to be here, but thank you both for, <laughs> for coming on this little mini-sode of the Communism and Name podcast. Thank you for having yeah. us. So, Erin, uh, I'll start with you. Um, can you explain a bit about, about what you do uh, with the Selvos up there in the, in the Wimmera? Well, I'm a homelessness support uh, worker, case manager, and I do outreach. So I work to support people in transitional housing to obtain private rental or long-term stable housing um, and also the outreach areas of Horsham, Dibula, Neil, Jeparrett and Rainbow. Spare area? It is. Yeah. And, and Salisha, what about you? What's your gig up there? Um, yeah, so I'm the private rental assistance program worker. Um, I sit in... Portion at the Salvo's office here, but I service all five of the LGAs. So um, anyone in the area, yeah, sort of comes to me. Yeah. And, and and how do people get to you? Do they have to go through uh, intake? Through I know for us, for our homelessness workers, people have to go through uniting for intake. Is it the same with you guys? It's different for the both of us. <laughs> me, oh, right. no. Um, I mean, it's easier if they go through uniting intake and they can refer to me, but I I would say 90% of mine are self-referrals. So whether the real estate's just said, hey, give this um, lady a call or something like that. So most people will just walk in off the streets and I can have a chat with them or they can just call up and speak to me over the phone. Um, it's different for Erin, though. Yeah, for a housing support worker at the Salvos, it needs to be a referral from entry point, which is at Uniting Wimmera. Um, and we also take referrals from entry point, not only for those people who are in transitional housing, but also who are at risk of homelessness or sleeping rough. Uh, so I'm, I'm, at, I'm in our office now at today, and I know that um, there's there's quite a few people in this part of the world who are unfortunately struggling to find medium accommodation, even short term accommodation. Um, what's the situation like up there in the, the Wimmera and Mallee? It's far a few between. Um, we were speaking with real real estate agents um, only last week and they were saying that there's about 30 people applying for each rental property that comes available. 
Um, what we're finding in particular is that people who are on uh, low incomes, the rental market is out of their, their price range right from the get-go. Yeah, I think that's an issue everywhere at the moment because what you're saying is very similar to what uh, our staff here who work around Stall, our rat area, are saying as well. It's... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we had at one stage, I know out where I lived, there was someone living in the scoreboard, the local footy oval, because they, uh, they, that was the only place they could farm with a, with a roof. Um, is, has it been, become worse post COVID up there, do you guys think? It feels like it. Um, in particular with the, um, the change in the cost of living, um, with that increasing dramatically, people are needing to spend more money just to survive on the basic essentials. Um, and rent is is going up as well. So everything's going up, and yet the amount of dollar coming in doesn't change. Yeah, that's you know, because I think that's a that's a thing that's happening everywhere. Um, so Talisha, in your role, when someone comes in, if they self refer to see you, what what steps do you go through with with anyone who might come to see you? Um, so there's two different parts to my role. So there's me and one other guy in Warrnambool that do this program. So there's the prep, which is just giving me a call like I'm behind in rent for whatever reason and I can help out with that. Um, and then there's the prep plus program. So that's more of the support stuff. So it's sort of, you know, addressing the issues that are leading to them behind in rent or if someone calls me up and says, my house is being sold. I can support them with that. Um, handballing to David Brzezinski is a good talent of mine um, with those sort of issues. Um, but I can also help people get into the rental market. Um, so sometimes, you know, we might have a little bit of funding that I can use to um, sort of as an incentive. So I can say, hey, look, I'll fix the oven in this place if you offer my client a 12-month lease. Um, so, yeah, I can do a bit of support around getting into the market, which I haven't found to be that successful, um, to be honest. The, you know, there's still other applicants that are always seem to be preferable over our clients. But, yeah, I do have that scope um, to be able to do that, which is great. And, Erin, when someone um, gets sent through to you after they've gone through the intake process, what, what do you do with, with people? Um, well, we build a, a relationship with them so that we fully understand what's happening in their lives. And it's not just homelessness. There's many reasons for homelessness. Um, and some of those reasons may be health reasons that need to be addressed. Um, you know, while we've got a, a client who's in a transitional house, they've got a 12 month lease. So it may be priority for us to support those people to say attend dental or attend medical or mental health or, um, drug and alcohol or many other reasons, um, that have contributed to their homelessness. Um, it may be relationship issues. As you know, there's, there's hundreds of reasons why somebody may become homeless. Um, but our main goal is to ensure that these people are well equipped. Um, not to repeat that pattern. We want these things um, addressed while we've, they've got a certain amount of stability and we can work with them to uh, refer them into services. Um, we can take them to appointments. We can take them to inspect accommodation. Um, so we do quite a bit of that on hands-on stuff. Um, we also use um, a program that we call Homestar, which helps our clients to have a look at where they're at in different areas of their life. So it's a more holistic approach. 
um, and it gives them good understanding of things that they might need to address before other things can all come together for them. Um, we also have, at the Salvation Army here, we have what we call 316, which every Tuesday during school term, there's a lunch, a cooked lunch, a two-course meal um, at the church here. Um, that's a, a gold coin donation, um, and that's hosted by our, our core, our uh, captain and his wife and a team of volunteers. Um, and we also have the availability of a thrift shop, referrals to the thrift shop for furniture and goods and items along those ways. So there's a number of different ways that we can support people while we're working with them. Yeah, I was just, just thinking, it sounds like you guys are doing a power of work up there with our uh, communities in the Wimmera Mallee, which is, which is excellent. And if anyone wants to, uh, wants to get in touch with, with either of you or anyone at the Salvos, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, our office phone number is 5382-1770. Um, that will allow you some contact with Talisha um, and it will also for general information. Um, however, as I said, in order to be case managed by a housing support worker here, it needs to go through entry point, Uniting Wimmera. Yeah, and I think that's a message we need to get out to a lot of people because um you know, there are, as you guys know all too well, working in the in the field, there are a lot of people who are needing supports, but they're not quite sure how to get into those supports. Um, yep. So I think this is a, a good way to to uh, to let them know. Felicia, before we, we let you guys go, because I know you're both very busy, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and having uh, a bit of a chat to me. Uh, is there any message that you'd like to get across to anyone out there listening? Um. Probably just don't be scared to give us a call. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways that we can, you know, help out. So, you know, rent in advance, bond assistance, um, you know, real estate advocacy, that sort of stuff. Like, don't be scared to give us a buzz and we'll see what we can do. We're here to help. Um, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for giving up some time and, and uh, having a quick chat to me on this little mini-side of the Communism and Unknown podcast. Great. Thank Thanks, you for having us. On this uh, mini-sode of the Homelessness Week specials for the Community of Middle Name podcast, I'm joined by Joel and Caitlin from United Wimmera. Thank you so much, Joel and Caitlin, for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and I'm pulling the curtain back a little bit here. It has been a bit of an effort to try and get this organised between uh, all the stuff you guys would have had on with the lead-up to Homelessness Week and some stuff that's happened here. But um, talk about what you guys do at United Wimmera. So I'll go first. So I'm Joel and I am 0.5 as a youth support worker for homelessness and 0.5 as creating connections. So that's helping people engage in education, training and employment. So um, I am a full-time youth outreach worker um, with a focus on homelessness in particular, um, supporting ages 15 to 25 um, for young adolescents who are experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness um that's pretty much me in a nutshell full time on that so 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 what's it like up there for for young people in homelessness is it um like you, you obviously don't want to think the worst but if you've got multiple people working in this field there must be something happening yeah so i mean at the moment there's definitely a housing and homelessness crisis and that does include young people in it um with 
the expense of living at the moment becoming really difficult to live your life, I guess. And yeah, that doesn't exclude the Wimmera. So yeah, every night across our community, there are young people sleeping rough, couch surfing, sleeping in tents, in cars, all around Horsham. But it's just not as visual here as I guess in Melbourne. Yeah. And homelessness doesn't just target one demographic. We're seeing it from young people, families, male, females, elderly. Um, it's, it's everybody. And they like to say that a person's at least one step away from being homeless at one point in their life. It doesn't take very much. It can be a job loss. It can be um, a, your private rental going up for sale. Um, yeah, it's pretty tough out there. Um, yeah, Caitlin, it's interesting you mentioned that because I know other years when I've done stuff for our our socials around Homelessness Week, the, the first time I did it, I was so surprised to hear that it was it was older women who were the the, the main homeless group, you know, fifty five plus. Yeah. Um, you know, are we still seeing that, or has that changed a bit with um, since the C word that we had a few years ago? So I can give you some statistics around that if if you'd like. I love so, stats. Yeah. Um, at the moment, around 60% of rough sleepers are single males and 60% are on the streets of Horsham, if that's some, t- some statistics there for you. Um, and also in the 12 months to the end of June, we've supported 733 people experiencing homelessness that have come to us. But on that token, we've also had to turn away 777 people. Um, just because we didn't have um, the capacity to support them at that time or our wait lists are about two weeks just for getting an appointment. Um, so it's distressing because we want to help as many people as we can and it's heartbreaking to know that we're not actually getting to anybody and everybody that needs the support. So Yeah, and we're finding that um, we've just had a new program called Street to Home um, and the work at Glen has been going out pretty much searching for rough sleepers, so people living in the bush and that, and he's finding a lot of elderly people sleeping in their cars, sleeping in caravans and having a whole setup out in the bush sometimes. And, yeah, he's finding a trend definitely in elderly people, which is quite shocking. So I think a lot more young people present, but maybe a lot of elderly with their pride in that stuff may not feel comfortable we're just seeing people that would never normally ask for support come for support. Um, this is what I mean about there being no general demographic of who can come for our support. It's anybody and everybody. Homelessness affects everybody. It's not just yeah. one marginalisation. It's everybody that we can think of that it's affecting. Um, so, yeah, our program, our intention is to support um, people if they are sleeping rough by providing them tents and swag, sleeping bags and mattresses. Um, Just to keep them safe for the night during the cold. I mean, it's freezing right now in the Wimmera, so... I think minus one last night Mm -hmm. or minus one this morning. I couldn't imagine being out overnight last night. Um, It breaks my heart to know that people are actually stuck out there. We also are led to believe that potentially people who are sleeping rough they will sleep during the day and then try and stay, like walk around and find somewhere warm at night time because it's hard to sleep here at night time and it's maybe unsafe for them to sleep throughout the night, but it's safer for them to do it during the day. Wow. 
Yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's really interesting. It's, and you know, it's, you guys talking about that stuff. Um, the, inter- the, uh, podcast I did with, um, with Andrew from here at JCH yesterday, we were actually talking about how there's a lot of rough sleepers around this part of the tanks. I'm, I'm in Ararat. Um, and Green Hill Lake is a very popular spot. And yeah, when you were talking about that, I thought, man, if it was cold up there, imagine sleeping in a tent, you know, by a lake in the middle of winter. It would be just unfathomable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so Joel, when people come to your nighting, um, mm-hmm. because you guys are the entry point, is that correct for, for most people? So the way the services work, if you don't mind me um, popping in, is the way it it works is at reception, the receptionist will Alison will book our appointments for entry point. So we have two part-time workers in entry point. Um, So they work on an appointment-based system. Any crisis go across to our team leader. Um, But there is two entry point workers, and that's where all the referrals go to. Um, we then delegate them where they need to go. So those entry point workers will send them to us in youth. They will send them to the Salvation Army. They will send them to GCH. They will refer them to Wintringham for the over 55s. Um, if that sort of makes sense there. And then maybe like a couple of referrals that happen at once because I mean, at Uniting, we do have a lot of other services that can contribute to homelessness. So whether that's, um, Alcohol and other drugs, mental health. Youth and family reconciliation, crisis yeah. support. All that stuff. So that can happen through Entry Point as well or through us when we get the referrals and start working with those young people. So it's a real holistic thing you guys are doing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. We love to work together. <laughs> oh, excellent. And so, Caitlin, just step me through it if someone comes uh, to to. Uniting and they're assigned to you, what would then you go out and visit the, the family or the young person? What would, would you be saying and what would you be doing with them? So first off, the first thing we do is introduce ourselves. So obviously I would say, hi, I'm Caitlin. I'm a youth outreach worker. Um, my program is voluntary. You can choose to participate if you, if you want to. You don't have to at the end of the day. Um we give a no judgment approach. We support them based around them. Like it's about them and what they want to do. So we, we go through our like program, get our consents and things, um, begin making a case plan for them and target them specifically to what they want to do. So everything we do is led by the client themselves. They're the ones that have a voice. That young person has a voice. That, um, over 55 person has a voice. The, um, Single, fa- single female, single male, they all have a voice. Um, everyone has a voice in our, in our world. So. Excellent. And, and guys, we've been going almost about 10 minutes. This is a mini side. I reckon that we could easily do a full length podcast talking to you guys <laughs> about this stuff because it's fascinating. Oh, absolutely. We are so passionate. <laughs> well, you know, I might just, I might just hold you to that, Caitlin. We'll see. Um, <laughs> But before we before we we do sort of finish up for this one, um, yep. and and Joel, I'll go to you first. Is there any any messages, anything you'd like to get out to anyone listening? And then Caitlin, same for you. I mean, the way that people can help, I guess, um, we're currently running our winter appeal, where you can help bring some much needed warmth to locals doing it uh, tough. So just thirty dollars is enough to buy a new blanket or a jacket. We also accept new donations so it has to be like 
brand new pretty much, um, of blankets, swags, tents, bedding, dunas, non-perishable foods, and then we can hand that out to our clients and that can contribute back into the community. So it is quite like a circle. Um, but even if you know of someone or you yourself are afraid, just presenting or calling up Uniting is the hardest thing to do, but it's the best way to get into the program. Yeah. Caitlin? I think Joel took the words out of my mouth. Um, don't be afraid to speak up. We are here to help. We do the absolute best that we can. We don't know unless someone lets us know that somebody is struggling. Like I said to you earlier, I think almost everyone's one step away from potentially being homeless. At this rate, at the way the rates are going and the interest and the rental market, we're all very, very close. So I think keeping that in the forefront of our mind um, is really important. It doesn't, it's not, it's not biased to anybody. Um, and of course, there's going to be people that choose to live a lifestyle of homelessness and don't want any assistance. And that's also fine. And it's also fine to change your mind and think, maybe I do need some help. Maybe it's all right to actually reach out and get some supports. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I, I couldn't agree with you both more on this. So, um, so, Joel and Caitlin, I really do appreciate you coming on and having a chat on the Communism and Demand podcast. Thanks again. Thanks Thank you for having us. And we have another mini-sode for Homelessness Week this week. Uh, Andrew Parsons, who you have already heard his beautiful guitar playing. Andrew, thanks for coming on. No worries. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure, mate. Um, tell us about uh, Homelessness Week and a bit about what your role is at GCH. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Homelessness Week, uh, we've organised a few activities across our region. So generally for Grampians Community Health and my role in particular and other homelessness workers that we have, we cover our at Stall and Sonata as a general area for the work that we do. But this week across Horsham, Stall and Ararat, we've put on some events to uh, raise some awareness maybe raise some money uh, and just generally get out there and raise community awareness and talk to the community about homelessness and homelessness issues. Um, it's a really good way for us to be able to yeah, raise awareness within the community and also connect with the community directly um, in spaces outside the office, which can also be like a really positive thing. So um, it's been a really good week so far. We've had two really successful events so far in Horsham and Stall, and uh, we've got one tomorrow morning in Ararat. Um, or whenever you're listening, it would be Friday. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been good. And look, my role in our Grampians Community Health is a homelessness practitioner. So I work with people across Ararat, Stall and Sananad, um, who have had a, a longer-term experience of homelessness and need that sort of support um, and case management and collaboration with other services to get themselves into um, a situation where they're feeling housed and safe. Uh, and hopefully sort of on their way to a more ritual and meaningful life. Um, that's the goal. So what, so what are you seeing across those those three towns? At least, you know, I know from me anecdotally, from what I see when I'm out and about, there seems to be a lot more homelessness than what there was, you know, back when, when you and I were younger. We're both our at locals. Um, yeah. Is that what you're seeing as well? Absolutely. I, I feel the same thing. If I reflect on my experience of what I saw with my eyes in Ararat um, as, say, a teenager or a 
year old, uh, as opposed to now being closer to 40, it's very different. Homelessness is far more visible uh, in the community than what it was. Um, personally, myself, um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people, there's some spots in our app, for example, that I know people rough sleep down at the train station or in the park. Definitely something I never saw before, but it's hard to know where the homelessness is becoming more visible or whether it's just also we're getting more awareness of it in the community. The media are talking about homelessness. Obviously, I'm more aware of it working in the field too, so I think that's probably heightened my, you know, awareness of the issue, so I'm seeing things more. But I would have to say it just feels like overwhelmingly it's such a more visible issue than what it was. Um, and that's a scary thing. And when you look at um, the work that we're doing at the moment, the lobbying we're doing to the government around social housing, it's clear that we have a housing issue. We're in a housing crisis. Uh, it's not easy for people to you know, obtain a private rental through agents, and it's really not easy to get yourself a public house too. It can be years on waiting lists for some people. So, yeah, yeah it's definitely uh, a very complex issue. Yeah, actually, when I was talking to the Uniting Wimmera people uh, a couple of days ago, and they, they said, you know, they may have helped 700 people, but they've probably had to turn that many away. Um, because I simply don't have spots to put people. Um, are you guys seeing that around our stall Sonata? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We are seeing, um, a lot of that. And, and the hard part is that for a lot of people, once you get through that, um, circumstance where someone might be in, in a real crisis to the point where they're able to get some assistance to look for, say, a rental or a public house or a transitional house or whatever, the goal might be for that person. There's often a bit of a waiting list with most organisations because it is so, um, it's so busy for us and there's so many people looking for support at the same time. It is unfortunate that it feels like a lot of people are falling through the cracks, um, which, you know, it's pretty consistent with a lot of other sectors that we kind of intersect with too, like mental health and, you know, that kind of thing as well. So yeah, it's, it's quite sad to see that. Yeah, and it's an Australia-wide issue, I guess, too. We're looking at it from a local lens, but um, but this is happening everywhere in the country. Uh, from what I'm I'm seeing and hearing in the media, absolutely, it is. Yep, national, obviously, too. When you look internationally as well, other countries that you would say is similar demographic to us are having very similar issues. Um, a lot of places not knowing what to do about it. Speaking of podcasts, there's some great podcasts out there. One particular one, um, Outsiders, which was about uh, how a particular city in America dealt with a homelessness crisis that they had locally. Um, you know, it is. It's very consistent with what we're seeing, yeah, in a lot of places. Good one for people to listen to after they've listened to Communities in Little Name and the other podcasts on their network. That's exactly um, right. Go to them <laughs> first, absolutely. That one's way later. <laughs> um, mate, um, so someone comes through uh, intake and they get put in contact with you. What do you then go and do with the person you're working with? Absolutely. So commonly the things that we would do, um, look, it varies from person to person, and our approach is always a person-centred approach. So it, it does vary. But if I was to generalise what it would look like, um, we do an assessment of that person to see what their history with housing has been like, what their current situation is like, and what their goals are. So when we can see what that person's goals are, then we can track back and sort of help them with the steps they might need to get there. So sometimes it looks like helping people with, um, say, supporting with uh, private rental applications. Sometimes it's supporting with public housing applications. And sometimes if people are needing transitional housing and that sort of thing, we'll go and advocate for that. So um, 
and obviously when you're looking at homelessness, it's a, it is a complex issue. Um, and it intersects with a lot of other issues, as you can imagine, like mental health and alcohol and drug issues. So we're kind of looking at addressing that person's situation holistically. So obviously we want, when it comes to our work, housing is our main focus and trying to get that person a home because when you're housed, you have the building blocks, you know, to move forward with those other aspects of your life. So, but in saying that too, if we identify that person might need some legal support or they might need help with their mental health or counselling, whatever it might be, as we identify those issues, we're also trying to link them in with supports and, and address them at the same time. So, um, yeah, typically that's what it kind of looks like. It's about assessing the person's situation, finding out what their goals are, and then trying to come up with a holistic approach to, to help them move towards those goals. So how closely do you guys work with other providers across the Grampians, Wimmera, you know, Ballarat region? Very close. So we work with Uniting Wimmera very closely at the moment, oh, always. Um, they uh, partner with us on a lot of our different programs. Uh, they are obviously, to the organisation that provides entry point for homelessness support. So when someone is looking for support, even if it comes through Grampians Community Health, the gateway for that is through Uniting Wimmera. So um, we're working closely with them, closely with mental health services, close with other um, social support programs, and obviously programs that exist within Grampians Community Health as well. We have um, a wide spectrum of support, and we do tap into that as well. Um, and look, I suppose like a, a lot of other um, services that are around, collaboration is you know, is key and that we all know that now. And um, I think that the relationship we've built with our other organisations is really strong and we always aim to collaborate well on our cases. So goes back to that old no wrong door policy, doesn't it? That's right. Exactly. Absolutely. Now, I believe you've got a phone number to give I to do. people who, uh, who may be wondering about how to actually get in touch with, uh, with, with some intake program through Uniting. Absolutely. So the best number to call, obviously, the phone number for Uniting Wimmera, uh, which is our local service, is 5362-4000. It's for triple O. Or you can also call our entry point line, which is a free call on 1-800-015-188. If you call that number between 9 and 5 within our areas, you would be directed to Uniting Wimmera, and they are the entry point for all of our services, whether you're looking for long-term um, housing case management or whether you might be simply you know, in a crisis point at the moment and not knowing where to turn next, that's the number to call. And they'll point uh, that person in the right direction, whether they need to come to GCH or they need to go to somewhere uniting themselves or the Selvos or Winteringham or, or any of those organisations. That's correct. Any of those organisations, that, that's the best place to start. Yep. He did those numbers off the top of his head too. Anyone listening? He's um, a very talented man. Mr. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um Look, you, and you went to an event in Melbourne last week on the CEPs Parliament. Do you want to tell us a bit about that before we, yeah. um, we wrap Abs- up? Absolutely. So, yeah, Amber, a colleague of mine, and myself went to um, Parliament House with some, also some other colleagues from Uniting Wimmera and other support services around. And what we were there to, to do was communicate to the government the need for more social housing. At the moment, they estimate in Victoria we need a minimum of 6,000 um, more social houses, uh, social housing homes. So um, we're lobbying to to get that done. Now, that's a monumental job, and it's going to take quite some time to achieve. But we are in a housing crisis at the moment, um, and we know that we need to take, you know, 
really immediate action if we want to see some change in any time soon. So that's what the event was about. We had some very strong speakers there. Um, there was one particular presentation from a lady um, who had been involved in the homelessness system herself. Uh, she shared her story, which was massively inspiring. We also had perform- musical performances from a choir. Um, and the choir was made up of people, same thing, who'd had a lived experience of homelessness or mental health. And it was um, not only an amazing thing to take part in, but also if the outcomes are there and we get commitment from the government around social housing, um, it will be just an amazing um, outcome for everybody. So, But it's definitely it's a long-term plan. And it's going to take a lot of work, but yeah, we've got a lot of people in this, in the service system, luckily enough, that are committed to the cause. Um, there was a great slogan that came out of that, um, which was social housing saves lives. And I just think that was, um, for me, I just think that's what it's all about. If we want to really help people, uh, the building blocks, uh, you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is something we look at professionally and what people need and, you know, houses is, is it? We all need a home and a shelter and um, a, you know a safe place for for our families. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I let you go, uh, mm-hmm. is there anything that you'd just like to to get out to people listening? I, I do this with everyone. Ask everyone this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so look, yeah, the biggest message I would say is homelessness is a big issue now. It's a it's a great thing to educate yourself on if you're interested in it. Um, there's some great information out there in terms of statistics around the effects on homelessness in our regions. A lot of people on the ground doing grassroots work like the Selvos, um, even the work that we do at Grampians Community Health as well. Um, if you follow our socials, you'll see that we, um, we're doing a winter coat program um, that's been really successful providing warm coats to people for the winter time. There's a lot of uh, support services out there for people that are also in need themselves, if you have the time to come down and connect with us in the community at an event or even at the office, um, we're happy to have a talk about your situation at any time. Obviously, I can call our intake line through Grampians Community Health as well, uh, 53587400. I did know that one off the top of my head. Um, and, uh, you know, you can get that advice and, and support that you need to be, um, like, like Gareth mentioned before, you know, no wrong door. Give us a call and we can make sure that you get uh, pointed in the right direction. Excellent. Uh, Andrew, thank you very much for your time and um, and appearing on the Community's Minute Name podcast, Minisode. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Gareth. That was the Homelessness Week Minisode. It's all wrapped up into one episode to celebrate Hamels this week. Thank you to all the people who joined me from the Selvos, from Uniting Wimmera and from right here at GCH and well done to everyone who put in work to get the events that we had running uh, up and running in Horsham Stall and Ararat. That was a fantastic week and let's hope that um, we can see some meaningful change in the homelessness space. This podcast, of course, is brought to you by Grampians Community Health, and we offer a wide range of services right across Western Victoria, including the following local government areas. The West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yarriambiak Shire, Bull Oak Shire, Horsham Shire, Northern Grampians Shire, Central Goldfield Shire, Pyrenees Shire, Out Rural City and Southern Grampians Shire Council Regions. And uh, we offer a lot of services. We have... Uh, alcohol and drug support, we have carer support, we have family violence services, 
uh, mental health services, NDIS and disability services, including support coordination and plan management. We also have uh, older people services, including case management for home care packages, so much more, counselling uh, across a wide range of areas, including generalist counselling. gch.org.au is our website. That's probably the best place to find out all the info about GCH. Um, you can also find us on the social. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health, and we're on Instagram, and we're on TikTok at, not, not TikTok, sorry, Snapchat, at gch.org.au. Um, this podcast is uh, available anyway. Good podcasts are found, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, pretty much anywhere. And uh, the intro and outro music was from Andrew Parsons, who you heard, of course. And we use that with his permission and his thanks. These podcasts were recorded on the traditional lands of the Jabberong people, and we pay respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Don't forget as well, you can visit us on site in Ararat, Stall or Horsham, or give us a call Monday to Friday, 53587400. This has been the uh, Homelessness Week wrap of the mini-sodes that we did, and uh, I actually learned quite a bit from doing these, and I hope that anyone listening has learned something or taken something away from as well. My name is Gareth Oliver. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. And I will come at you again very shortly with another episode. So until then, on behalf of everyone here at GCH, for you, your family, and our community, I'll say so long.